It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Natalie Carpenter, Branch Vice President of Cowell Banker Realty in Hyde Park. Natalie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. No, I'm excited to share your story. I'm excited to share it as well. <laughs> so you're originally from the south side of Chicago, correct? Absolutely. Born and raised. Born and raised. And still there today, right? I'm still in the south area, correct. <laughs> so tell me about what it was like growing up uh, on the south side. Oh, back when I grew up, life was great. The community I grew up in is West Chesterfield. It's actually comprised of 900 homes and it's between King Drive and State Street, 91st Street and 95th. So we were a very connected, self-contained community. We had schools, you could go to grammar school, high school and college all in walking distance. Wow. Everything you could imagine that a child could experience was right there in our little small community. We took classes, we took, uh, we had classes on piano and dance and um, being socially um, fiscal and financially fiscal. We really? Took, yeah, we could take photography classes. We had... Um, and this is all in the city, right? I mean, yeah, you're talking about... Uh, yeah. Because the way you're describing it, it's 900 people. It seems like a small community oh. within, you know, a bigger community. Actually, it was 900 homes, but I promise you there or was about yes. 5,000 people in the <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> So uh, what were the, I guess, surrounding neighborhoods? Like, if you had to tell people, well, I've never heard of, you know. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Where where is that by? Well, it's south of Chatham, and it's north of Roseland. Okay. So that's south south side. Definitely south side. So you've seen the the neighborhood change, I'm assuming, uh, throughout the years, right? Everything from good and bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Our community and the community surrounding where I grew up have gone through a significant change because at the time I was being raised in that neighborhood, there were a lot of young parents um, that worked. There were a lot of people that worked for CTA or for the railroad or for the post office. And um, there were a lot of children. Mm -hmm. So we grew up with a lot of friends, a lot of friends in the neighborhood. And over time, you know, those parents got older. We children kind of moved away. We, you know, got educated, moved away to other communities, doing other things. And so the homes, some of the homes were passed down to the next generation, but a lot of them were sold to people that weren't from the community. Gotcha. And in, in that, just that evolution, kind of changed the dynamic of the neighborhood, I noticed. Did you see the character like the character of the community change a lot? It did. It changed a lot because people were uh, more disconnected. Mm. We were very community-oriented, very tight-knit group of people as we were growing up. And like I said, we had all of those services that were there right in our neighborhood. So, and everyone attended those services together. Mm-hmm. So we kind of stayed together. We didn't have to go outside of the community for you know any of those things, any of the enrichment programs. We even had charm school. 
Charm school? Charm school. Well, yes, you are very charming. I mean, you are very, very well put together. So I must say it did have an impact. Well, actually, I was kicked out of charm school <laughs> for mimicking the teacher. But no way. <laughs> yes, yes, for real. You? Yes. Wow. I, I was like the class clown when I was growing up. So there were a lot of things that, you know, I did that today I'm not necessarily very proud of. But... It was all part of growing up and becoming, you know, who I was to become. For sure. Now, who that became, obviously, um, you're a managing broker uh, of a real estate office. Mm -hmm. um, but tell us how you even got into real estate, because you've been doing it quite some time now. Yes, 30 years. I celebrated wow. 30 years in May. Well, the way I got into real estate is not like most people get into real estate. It wasn't that I thought about, okay, I want to try something I want to get into real estate it looks cool I actually needed to buy some furniture I bought a house <laughs> could never figure out how I was going to furnish it and so I was trying different things to see if I could earn some additional money and I was I happened to be speaking with a lady on the phone I was processing loans for a loan for a small mortgage broker gotcha and I was talking to this lady on the phone about her situation and putting her, you know her package together to go to the underwriter and she says well how long have you been in real estate and I said well I'm not in real estate I'm just processing this loan I'm getting the paperwork together mm -hmm. she said well you sound so comfortable about you know real estate and, and she said I think you'd make a great real estate professional and I said hmm that's interesting and then I started thinking about, well, how much money could I make? <laughs> could I buy some furniture? If I <laughs> so the next day I investigated classes and found out that there was a class that was um, starting that night. And at this point, you're still, your only motivation is just getting furniture. Getting furniture. That wow. was it. That okay. was it. I had a full-time job. Yeah. I was actually a manager in a, a manufacturing company gotcha. at the time. So. I was like, well, let me just make some money so I can buy this furniture. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for the classes, found out it didn't take very long to get a real estate license. And I thought the earning potential would be great. Mm -hmm. It would be, you know, I could buy that furniture in about three or four months. Yeah. So I um, took the class, got licensed, decided to join Coldwell Bankers team as an agent. And within six months, my part-time income was looking like my full-time income. Wow. So I decided, hmm, might be worth a try to do this full-time. <laughs> so I gave my employer my notice, and I started selling real estate full-time. So how long was it before you went full-time? Six months. Wow. Just six months. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. I mean, you said, too, that uh, the, the journey, too, when you when you selected the, the brokerage, because you've been there 30 years, right? Yes. So this has been your only... The only, company, my, you the only for. company that I've worked for. Um, and my select, you know, I, I try to be very, I don't know, picky mm -hmm. when I'm choosing, you know, any associations. And I interviewed with several different companies. But when I went to Coal Banker, they, off, they actually had a, a what they called a career conference. And I attended the career conference and I was very impressed with the presentation, with the people that made the presentation and the overall experience that they talked about providing for me. That it wasn't just, you know, I'm gonna sh here's a desk, here's a phone, go to work. It was yeah. more, you know, their philosophy was not to just bring in real estate 
brokers and or agents and just have them do everything, but it was to teach them to build a business. And I thought, hmm, that's a little different than what everybody else was saying. So I decided to, to take a try. And, and what was it like for you, I mean, young black woman in that time, to get into real estate? Was that something that was common, or it seemed like you were you know, blazing some trails at that time? Yeah, it wasn't. There were women, black women, that were in the business at the time. And I don't necessarily know what their stories were, but I know when I decided to go full-time in the business, my family actually had an intervention. <laughs> I came. <laughs> they tried to talk you out of getting yes, into real estate. I came home one day and they were all seated around the table and they had clipped articles from newspapers <laughs> that said real estate agents didn't make very much money. And I mean, they they really wanted me. They thought I had lost, you know, my my mind. Wow. They were like, "Why would you go from a job?" I've never where you, heard of anyone. Oh no. It was serious. Yeah. They, they, because, you know, I had a nine to five, which in their opinion right. was, you know, good stability. You know, that's why you went to college. So you, you could have a nine to five and you For could sure. make, you know, have a check coming every two weeks. And you're wanting to go into a business where you, the only time you get paid is if you sell something. My mom had actually clipped a, a, an article that said the average real estate agent made $12,000 a year. <laughs> and so I, I looked her in the eye and I said, you know what, mom, you've always told me never settle for being average. So I'm not even going to entertain Good for that. you. And, you know, she was like, mm, touche. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't say much to that. <laughs> right, right, right. But I did agree to tell, <clears throat> I told them that if it looks like after four or five months that I've chosen the wrong path, I would reevaluate it. And, you know, I, I still had the experience and the education. So if it didn't work out for me, I had something to fall back on. For sure, for sure. So um, the funny thing is, seven months after that, I thought about it and I said, oh, I forgot to check in. Because <laughs> it was just going it was, so great. Yeah, at that point, why not, right? right. Why would you? Right. Um, I mean, take me through your mindset at that time. Because. You know, even today, by today's standards, I, I think people get told that or you get an intervention and, and it's enough to make someone question mm -hmm. getting into that profession. What made you decide that this was it for you? You didn't care what others were saying and that you were going to find success in this. Like what, you know, take me through your mindset at that time. Well, having had the opportunity to, to work in the business for six months as a part timer, mm -hmm. I, you know, I kind of learned the ins and outs and you know, in all honesty, I think I was somewhat of a natural because I could talk to people and get them to feel comfortable with working with me. Sure. And through that, I felt confident because I was representing a company or I had a company supporting me that was professional, had been around since 1906. They had all the bells and whistles. They were, you know, they had the best reputation in the area at the time. And it was like, it's a no brainer. Yeah. This is where I want to run my business. So people saw my real estate business compared to some other, you know, African-American women's real estate business as a, a much more professional and organized business. And so I was really able to, to do well in my first couple of years. I, I think every real estate company 
that had anything to do with the South Side was like calling me every other day, trying to, <laughs> trying to get me to come to their their company. And you did, right? I mean, you ended up maybe not leaving the company, but you ended up bouncing around with even within Coldwell Banker, just because you had such success, I guess, in establishing. Well, that was a little different. Yeah. Um, as a as a real estate agent, um, I was outspoken. We used to have <laughs> you, oh yeah, the class clown. I think I was. <laughs> but we used to have these monthly meetings where all the sales associates would be invited to come, and we'd we'd clap for all of the top agents at the various offices, mm-hmm. and the company would you know tell us about policy changes or ideas or contests or anything that they were gonna sure. you know implement. And I looked around the room, and I didn't see very many people like me. As a matter of fact, I might have been one of three, you know, in the room on most months, right? So, but they could always count on the fact that if they said something that didn't seem right for my area, I was going to raise my hand and say, excuse me, I'm Natalie with, you know, whatever. And um, I don't really think that's going to work for us. Maybe we need to do this, that, or the other. So I always had... I was always saying something. So um, about two years in, I was at home one morning. I had a lazy morning. I got a call from the executive assistant to the president of the company. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. And she said, oh, um, Dave would like to know if you're available for lunch today. And I thought, Oh, what did I do? <laughs> you know, I thought because you know I was outspoken in a, in and at a this lot time you're an areas. agent though. I'm an agent. Gotcha. gotcha. Just you know, I'm selling just houses, selling houses, living the dream. You know, <laughs> enjoying my life. And so anyway, I was invited to lunch and I was asked to join the management team. Mm. So after turning them down several times, <laughs> they finally convinced me that I should, and I co-managed the office that I started in. Um, for the next four years. Oh, wow. And then I get a call again four years later from the executive assistant to the president and said, oh, Dave wants to have lunch with you. And I thought, I know I've done something now. Something's wrong, <laughs> right? And so I went to to meet with him for lunch, and he said, you know, you've done tremendously well. I'd like to know if if there's somewhere you'd like us to open another office and we'd like to, you know, expand on the south side. Sure. He said, pick a place, we'll build it. So I got busy picking a place, found a great location. They built out, they built out the office wonderfully. It was an, an area where there had been more African-American agents working, but they had been, you know, working for independent brokers where mm-hmm. there was, you know, maybe one one broker and you know basically they had like more boutique shops yeah they were like boutique shops but and and their brokers were they had they were more controlling they didn't have the flexibility that that our company offered agents in a number of things but it was phenomenal they told me you can't take any agents with you only one from your office from my other office I was like one and I got it then they built this office and but how uh, many people were they expecting you to fill it with? Uh, well, how many realtors? They gave me 16 desks, but oh, the okay. concept at that time was that, you know, we're going to have two people per desk or whatever. Gotcha. So they were expected about 32 people. Gotcha. Well, we opened our doors to the public on April 14th of that year, 1996. And by June 30, June 20th, which was the date of our actual 
um, grand opening, mm-hmm. I had 24 agents. Wow. By the end of the year, I had over 40. We had to have an expansion, <laughs> and we expanded. We actually expanded four times while I was in that office, and wow. I was there for 12 years. And when you say expanded, you mean like physically? Physically. Wow. Added more space. I went from about a 1,600-square-foot office to an office of over 7,000 square feet. Oh, my goodness. That's... But it was in stages. Yeah, <laughs> we had a little huge. bit here, big piece here, some piece over there. And what do you think the biggest factor in that success was? Um, Other than you, of course, I mean, the, the <laughs> charm, the charm school. Um, a lot of things. A lot of things were changing in the industry. Yeah. When I first started, I well, as a manager, I vowed to bring more African-Americans, and specifically women, into the industry um, to have them recognize and realize that they have choices of how to start their business, how to teach them. You know, I set out to teach them how to be more business owners Mm. because that's essentially what a real estate broker is. They own their own business. They're just supported by the brokerage. And, you know, a lot of us, especially at that that time in life, we were all coming from jobs. You know, we didn't own businesses before. Our parents didn't own businesses. They worked. Like I told you, my community, there were most pe- most of the people were, you know, working at the post office, CTA, you know, those, those kinds of jobs. Sure. And so we were coming from worker mentality and not owner mentality. Sure. So bringing in people into the real estate industry and teaching them that they can actually build a sustainable business that at some point can either be sold, traded, um, or, you know, taken somewhere else was, was, a, you know, it was phenomenal for them because, sure. th- you know, a lot of people didn't realize that that was possible at that time. Absolutely. No. And what did you see, I guess, change from, uh, you know, everything culturally from the way that, uh, you know, people, of color or women were treated in, in, in especially in those areas, right? Because obviously your expertise is, is on the South Side. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you see in terms of that change, that culture change, you know, where people started to, I guess, embrace real estate more? Well, first of all, home ownership hasn't really changed much over the years now. So I can't really say that I saw a, a huge uptick in that. But what I saw was the expectation of people that wanted to make real estate their career Mm. change. Uh, Prior to our opening the office in the area where, you know, the second office that we opened, there were real estate companies there, but the brokers, the, the ones that ran the offices, everything was done primarily in their name. They had so much control. I they couldn't, some of the agents would tell me they couldn't even come into the office when they wanted to. The, you know, they didn't even get a key. They had to come in when the broker wanted them to, and they could tell them where to go and, you know, go to this address, do this showing or whatever. Um, we presented something a little different, and I insisted on it, that our agents needed to know that they were in, cro- in control of their own destiny and that they you know, we would teach them how to get listings on their own. It wasn't that we had the listings and we say, okay, here's a listing, 
you can go on it and mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. X amount of dollars. We would show them how to use, you know, outside sources or our, our inside programs and tools to be able to attract business to themselves. That was one of the things. Another thing was having a professional office in those communities that we were in mm-hmm. spoke volume to the consumers and to the people that lived within the communities because they could see a name brand, you know, nationally known and now internationally known real estate company right there in their community. We were considered, you know, the big box, you know, a big <laughs> box company in the in the neighborhood. And that made them feel better about the community that you know, here it is. This big company's been around since 1906, is actually investing in our community. So that gave them a sense of pride as well. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I get a huge sense of, you know, like a, like a mentor type feel from you, right? Where you just have that, that that natural wanting to help others. It seems that way to me. Was that something that you always had? Is that something that, just when people think of you, that's that that was always part of your DNA? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) And I know this is a side to what we were saying, but I remember when I was a child, you know how there's always in any community you have like the good kids and then you have the the bad kids and then you have the ones not trying, not really understanding what they want to go, which side of the fence they want to be on. Well, I tended to lean more toward the bad side, (laughs) but not because... (laughs) I was bad, but I was intrigued, mm. and I was interested. You were just curious. I was curious about their lifestyles, and and, um, and they were interesting to me. You know, some of the really, really good kids, and, I mean, it's good that I knew them, and I had an opportunity to have classes with them, but they were kind of boring. So, <laughs> so I always leaned toward the, um, you know, the wild side. Sure. But my goal and my job in being with them was not what people thought. People thought, okay, she's going to be wild. She's going to be like them. To be influenced by them. Right, right, right. but I was there to influence them. Right, right. And even as a child, I could talk them into doing things that weren't necessarily wild, but, you know, to try to bring out who they were and, and, you know, find their passion and find out some things that they could do to enrich their lives as opposed to, you know, taking it down the wrong path. I even got people to follow me to college, which was (laughs) (laughs) was interesting. So, yeah, I would say that I've been somewhat influential throughout my life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, in terms of the the direction that you want to go with that, right, Um, is it something that you see yourself doing kind of forever more, or would you like to get more into that, I guess, more, you know, hands-on mentor mentorship? Like, what's going through your mind when it comes to that? Well, yeah, I um, I do mentor people now. I mentor people on a personal level as well as professionally. I I am a certified coach, so oh, see, there a you go. real estate coach. Okay, not a life coach, but sure, a real sure, estate sure. coach. So I have a number of people that I do coach inside and outside of our company. Okay, and I I get charged by that. It's funny you would ask that because yesterday someone someone asked me what what makes you tick. You know, what makes you get up every morning and do what you have to do? Sure. And, you know, besides the normal things that people get up for, it's knowing that I did a job well the day before and that I helped somebody realize their potential or see something in a different way that they hadn't seen before. Something to elevate them. Our our um, 
I, I guess you would say our mantra at the company I'm with is that we help agents live exceptional lives. And I really believe that in my small way, I help agents live exceptional lives. And um, I think I do it by being genuine and being authentically interested in them and their growth. And I've been that way ever since I was a child. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and on that note, what advice would you give those who I guess would be interested in, in pursuing or seeking a career uh, in real estate? Well, the first thing I would, the, the advice that I would give to someone is to really think about what you would bring to the industry, first off, and then realize that it's a business. And from the day you walk into the, to the business, understand that. And, you know, it's a business like any other business. You are going to have to decide who your clients or customers are going to be. You'll need to be able to market. So you, you need to find your secret sauce or your niche, and you need to develop that. You want to make sure that you start with a company that has a solid and secure support team. Because when you're starting a business, especially a real estate business, there's a lot of competition out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. whole lot of competition. And if you're going to really excel, you need to have the tools that you need to really get started. You have to have a solid foundation so that you can build on that foundation. It's very important that you ask questions of the brokerages that you're considering. And, you know, truly, you know, you want to know who's going to be available to me if I have a question in the middle of the night? Yep. Or, you know, who can I go to for this? What kind of support can you give me? How is there education? Education is very important for anyone entering the business because I don't care what you've ever sold before, selling real estate is different. It's a different beast, right? Totally. So you have to you have to be educated so you know what you're doing. And then you also have to con consider, are you going to be all in or just half in? Yeah. You know, that's very important, too. Absolutely. What do, what do you think the biggest reasons, you know, why a lot of people get into real estate. A lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But why do you think so many fail? Um, and I, I mean, I, you find so many that have a lot of success in it, right? But mm -hmm. I think... So many get into it with high expectations and then they quickly realize that it's not as easy as they thought. Why do you think that is? What are the things that they, they, they encounter that makes it a little more difficult for those people? So they don't realize that if it's to be, it's up to me. And you have to make that decision before you get in. It is not easy. I had a young lady tell me a few months ago that she wanted to get into real estate because her agent showed up in cute dresses and drove a Mercedes. And I said, oh, that's, that's pretty that's interesting. That's the answer you got? That's the answer that I got. Wow. Um, and so she made it look easy. Mm -hmm. And what I explained to her is that when you are properly trained and you have all the tools that you need and the technology and the programs and the support, it will look like you just showed up. And make it look easy, right? And made it look easy. But mm. the reality is you have to put in work. Yeah. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it, and especially the first two years. That's why a lot of people get out of it. By the third year, they're gone because those two years, those first two years are the most important years. That's where you have to do all of the education. You have to try different things, try to figure out 
you know, get your footing in the business. Mm-hmm. Try to figure out, you know, what your secret sauce is. What are you going to do? Yeah. What, you know, how are you going to, or who are you going to represent and how are you going to represent them? Everybody has a pain point. Every consumer out there, they have a reason why they want to either buy a house or sell a house. Yeah. And you have to determine how you're going to fit into that for them. How are you going to communicate to them? you know, that you are here and available. And you got to put in the work. You got to yeah. put in the time. I have, you know, I used to say all the time, agents will say, oh, I want to start part-time. Well, you know, I have an affinity toward people that have dual careers because I started that way. Yeah. But what I don't want, and I tell them this emphatically, I'm not looking for spare time agents hmm. because spare time, it it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Spare time, you, I mean, just to get in the industry alone, you're going to pay close to $2,000 just to start. Yeah. Why would you pay that money to do nothing? Right. No, absolutely. And speaking of time, what else do you do outside of real estate? I know it takes up a lot of your time, but you know, what, what, what are you passionate about outside of real estate? Ooh, lots of things. And I, I am a f- big foodie Yeah. and I cannot wait till this pandemic is over <laughs> because, um, my son and I have a, a plan that we go out to eat at different restaurants okay. every two weeks. Okay. And so we're like, you know, low-key food critics. Okay. And so I try different different cuisines, different communities, different, you know, different restaurants. I try some that have been recommended or whatever, but I love doing that. I'm also someone that loves dancing. Okay. Oh. What kind of dancing? Well, stepping. I'm a South Sider. Oh. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's the dearest thing to my heart. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm willing to try other things, but sure. it's definitely stepping. That's a, that I've been doing that since I was 11 years old. <laughs> that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So uh, any, any good uh, recommendations as far as restaurants? Oh, absolutely. There What's are, your favorite one uh, recently? Oh, recently. Could see it changes. Okay. I, there's this restaurant that I've frequented a couple times. It's called True Whiskey Barbecue or True Barbecue Whiskey. Okay. I like that restaurant. I love the Dawson. Dawson's a good um, one. Truth on 39th is it's amazing. The food is is phenomenal. Truth. It's That's what it's called. Truth. It's a, it's an Italian restaurant. Okay. Um, but they have an amazing menu. Um, there's the Delta up north. I mean, there's just so many. I, I, mean, I think I'm a foodie, and I'm, I feel like I haven't heard of these places. I got to go check them out. Uh, yeah, you have to check them <laughs> out. But, you know, during the pandemic, they may have limited hours or limited seating. So, you know, once this is over, I cannot wait because I'm going to get back at it. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. Well, Natalie, you know, a lot, a lot um, of history in terms of everything you've been through in real estate and on the south side. Um, I'm excited for not only what you've shared, but you know the story you're writing and, and, and the lives that you're impacting. So I, I want to thank you for, for coming on our show and, and being able to share a part of that. Thank you for having me. No, it's been an absolute, <clears throat> it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I can't wait to continue to get to know you better. Okay, great. So thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you.